Well, the hot takes ranged from Trevor Bauer certainly can't be traded after heaving the ball over the center field fence all the way to maybe the Indians should just give him away. And in the end, eh, neither one of those things happened. Holy shit. Welcome to a, <laughs> a surprise bonus, however you want to phrase it, edition of the Selby is Godcast alongside myself, TJ Zuppi. He's Zach Meisel. And it is really late at night, but enough people bugged us. They said, hey, you got to give us a little late night edition of the Selby is Godcast. And who would we be if we didn't provide for our fans and listeners? So let's do it. Let's talk Trevor Bauer trade. Can we pat ourselves on the back a few times first? (laughs) Why not? It's what we normally do. You know, we were talking about the hot takes the other night, and I think one common refrain on this podcast is the truth always lies somewhere in the middle, right? Uh, So, yeah, Trevor Bauer, all the hot takes, like he still had some trade value, clearly. Apparently had more trade value than we all thought. Um, But, no, they did not just give him away. They were not forced to keep him because that amazing, majestic toss into another solar system did not scare teams away. In fact, it didn't even scare a team away that isn't even headed for the playoffs this year. It's bizarre. But also, uh, I wanted to say that, you know, we've patted ourselves on the back and and in a joking manner about nailing that hand for Mejia trade last year. I don't think it's a joke. You've said it enough. I think you're completely (laughs) serious. Who the hell could have predicted this? Nobody. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around and it was fun tonight because this basically on pretty much at the end of the Indians game. And like Trevor Bauer got a call from his agent as players trickled into the clubhouse. So it was surreal. I mean, we've, We've been in some weird circumstances for big Indians trades in the past. I remember the Obaldo Jimenez trade. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of word that he was getting dealt to Cleveland and yet he was still on the mound laboring through a start with the Rockies. That was surreal. And that trade wasn't even announced until the next day. Um, and then all right, like the Jonathan Lucroy saga where you go to bed thinking, all right, they're going to deal these four prospects for this, this all-star catcher. And the next morning you wake up and, no, actually they traded for Andrew Miller and Luke Roy vetoed the deal, so not what you think. So it's just always – you never know when it's going to strike. And it was pretty cool being in the clubhouse and, like, talking to players who are coming up and asking, like, (laughs) wait, Trevor got traded? And I'm like, sorry to be the one to break it to you, but, yeah, the reason he's sitting over there with his face red and tears in his eyes and guys are hugging him is because he's gone – and they're asking, like, oh, who'd we get back? What's the lineup going to look like? It, it's, it, was, it was amazing. Um, and It's a wave. See... It is such a wave, emotion after emotion, when these things happen. Because there's yeah. the, the human element that we lose sight of, but is obviously there for these guys. I mean, you, you get pounded with the, okay, we just lost a teammate. We lost a guy that's been helping us, trying to get back in this division hunt. For a lot of guys, it's someone that has, he's formed bonds with, that he's maybe helped bring the best out of them talking about guys in the pitching staff. And so it's like, man, that part sucks. But, man, look what the lineup could be when you add these. So it's just to process all of that in real time is difficult enough. And it's it's even more difficult when you're being told by a couple of half strangers that are standing around in the clubhouse every single day. 
It's just yeah, it's and, weird. And you you know you hear bits of information like Clevenger is friends with Logan Allen on the Padres, so he knew that bit. Um, but he was trying to find out the other pieces of the deal, and like you know, like Jose is friends with Fran Mil Reyes, so like they worked together. Like n- not that they like worked together, but like they they saw different pieces of the or learned about different pieces of the trade at different times, and like. They also just got done playing the Astros and struggling against Justin Verlander. And like, yeah. they get in there and, and you got to go shower and change and eat dinner. And like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so strange. And then there's like 20 media members who are standing there in awe, not sure what to do. Like, do we approach Trevor Bauer? Is it too <laughs> soon? Does he want to talk to us? Does he want to go say a message on his momentum channel first? Like it's just so much going on. And you know, it's a good point you bring up. Like, look, has Bauer rubbed people the wrong way over the years? Of course. Did Bauer rub people the wrong way the other day with his actions in Kansas City as we talked about? Of course. Um, does he have certain people in the clubhouse who love him and appreciate him? Yeah. Does he have certain people in the clubhouse who just merely tolerate him? Yeah. But when you've been pulling on the same rope for so long and – been through those wars for so so many times with the same guys and you have the same goals in mind and also like you started this journey this season in February like it's been a long time you're getting close to the end there and all of a sudden you have this huge upheaval on the roster like that's tough and so even guys who aren't his biggest fans were appreciative of what he's done what he's meant his competitive drive and that's that's tough I think you can be excited about what you're getting and the transformation of this lineup, which we can talk about. Um, and at the same time, be a little disappointed that, you know, every five days you knew this dude was going to go out there and pitch his guts out. Yeah. It's the part that we don't know. We don't know what the other shoe will be dropping on that because there, there are so many uh, pieces on the move and in different points of, of, of their return. Danny Salazar is scheduled to make his return to the mound later this week. Corey, Wait, Clu- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't even have enough time to dive through all the the typical jokes we run through. Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, all these moving parts that you don't know. Obviously, Kluber is a lot closer to to being a, a little bit more of a known commodity than Carrasco at this point. But then you're taking a guy that you knew every time you he went out there he was going to try to give you seven, eight innings lead, right. leading the league in, in innings pitched, saving the bullpen when he can uh, pitching his ass off every time that he could. And no matter what you thought of the guy, no one questioned the competitive drive and how much he wanted to win. And you could say, well, that's a, that comes from a selfish place because he, he wants to have good numbers and okay, maybe, but the team also benefits from just the guy wanting to be at his best. Um, and, and I don't think it was all completely selfish. There is obviously every player has a, a bit of that within them where they want to do, do well for themselves. But you know, Trevor's trying to uh, give his team a chance every single time he went out. And for the most part, especially over the last two plus years, uh, he's done that. It's weird given the, the type of season that he's had. It's been inconsistent. You can look at 2018 and perhaps think that that him pitching like uh, like a, a, a Cy Young type of pitcher is is the outlier here. Still, even if that's true, 
still a really damn good pitcher that you could trust every five days and you knew he was going to go out and throw 120 pitches and, and basically just pitch his guts out every single night. And, yeah, and you don't and- you don't know how the team is going to respond. And, and I I know that everyone wants to be all oh, this is all happy. There is uh, some some risk here involved when you deal a pitcher as good as Bauer is that con- consistently took the ball as often as he did and gave you as much effort as he did every single five days. Yeah, so let the record show, he wanted to be here. He understood the dynamics. He understood why his name was in the center of trade rumors for the last eight months. He liked it because it brought attention to his brand. We talked about all this. But he wanted to be here because, one, he has appreciated the organization. You know, it got off to a rocky start for a few years. He butted heads with Mickey Calloway and others. Um, You know, the Indians could have parted ways with him a long time ago, but they have always... And part of this is financially driven. They've always been patient, especially with starting pitchers. You know, Carrasco, Salazar, um, and, and certainly Bauer fits that mold. But he, he was appreciative that the organization did that. I mean, Arizona dealt him after a year and a half. And he's glad they did. He wanted to retire after the 2012 season. Then he got traded. He, he was invigorated. He comes to Cleveland. And... You know, it was, it's a guy who has said he's never fit in anywhere. He always takes a few years to adjust. And he finally found a home. And he finally made his mark. And he pitched really well in 2018. Obviously, like you said, he wasn't as good this year. But I think he was prideful in that. Like Mike Clevenger told me tonight, you know, you look at starting with Clevenger, every starting pitcher who's come through the Indians' big league system has worked with Trevor Bauer in some capacity, whether it's Clevenger, Bieber, Plesak. I mean, I think even even a guy like Adam Simber, like Bauer will watch tons of video to help those guys, and, and he's left his mark. So, yeah, losing that hurts. And and they're going to have some questions with their, their pitching staff. They are really banking on Corey Kluber now coming mm-hmm. back and being effective. And they're going to have to, to – to try to patch things together for a while. So, and then maybe they're not done. I mean, this is part of it too. There's we're recording this and there's still time left before the trade deadline. So yeah, but I think to, to put a bow on, on Trevor Bauer, like it, was it a perfect marriage for seven years? Of course not. And, and no more evident by then how like the stain at the end of it. Um, but I think when you look back, you see a guy who like he said it, one of his, his top goal, like he, He certainly had the personal goals. He said he wanted to win eight Cy Young Awards. He said he wanted to pitch every four days and pitch until he's 45, win 300 games, all that crazy talk. But the one thing he always said, too, was he wanted to end the Indians World Series drought. And, you know, he didn't want to get traded because he wanted to do it with these guys, these guys who he finally found, you know, a family. And, you know, it's it's there is an emotional human side to this game, too. And you can say the Indians definitely got better. I mean, they got loads better 2020 through 2025. Right. They got better, I think, in 2019, too. Um, but like you said, it's it's still tough. Yeah, it is. We'll see how, I guess, everyone responds over the next few weeks and certainly the next few years. Watching the rest of Trevor's career is going to be fascinating because we've had a front row seat to his evolution, and now we're going to see if he's going to be a man of his word and go on these – one-year contracts and, and be this hired gun essentially every single year, or if he's going to rethink that, if the trade season maybe uh, made him realize that having some stability, there's some benefit to that. You know, I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening with that. There's certainly some, some risk here, 
However, having said all of that, I am completely floored at the <laughs> the return that the Indians yeah. have here today. And it and it's not because I'm not floored because the Indians were were ready to give him a wave as we detailed the last podcast. They had their price in mind and they weren't going to deviate from that. Uh they weren't going to let him having a, a meltdown and a tantrum on the mound force their hand into accepting less. And if there's one thing that they have proven to be as a team that sticks to their guns and if they have a, an idea in mind of what they want, they're not going to drift from that. And I'm sure it frustrates teams that they talk with, probably makes them a really tough team to negotiate with. Uh, but it has worked out probably more often than it hasn't worked out uh, throughout the – certainly the last few years. And you mentioned we'll see if – or Trevor Bauer wanting to be the guy that ended the World Series drought. Maybe he will, but just in a different way, just through this trade. <laughs> I, I, and – by now, I'm sure everyone has probably heard all the names involved. Um, and it, as we're recording this, it's still not officially official. Uh, but we expect that to happen at some point very soon. But uh, Yasiel yeah, Puig, friend. Mid to late morning, I think. Yasiel Puig, Fran Reyes, Scott Moss, Victor Nova, Logan Allen. Those are the names you need to know. And, of course, the, the two ones that are going to stand out immediately are Puig and Reyes. And we talked about Puig uh, last podcast. I said I thought he, was, he would be a great fit. And just to show you how, one, surprising this deal was for me, and two, how much I, I love what, what they got back here is they got Puig, and he's the secondary piece in my mind as far as uh, excitement of what they could bring to the offense. Now, Puig has been real good since about May 1st. He's got like an 850 OPS since then. Um, they got off to a really rough start in Cincinnati, but has come on since. And outside of a few rough patches in the last few games, he's really been uh, exactly what you would want out of him. But I'm looking at Fran Mel Reyes and thinking about that power potential in the middle of this lineup and the fact that he's pre-arb, still a, a couple of years away from even reaching arbitration and then realizing that you're going to have him through, what, 2024 under control? Uh, a power bat that's 24 years old that hits the ball to all fields uh, he's clearly not a perfect player because he's probably going to have to DH a lot uh, and probably makes him a great fit for the American League. Adding those two pieces right now to this offense, it, it's not just about the guys that they bring in, but it's who they're replacing and the performances that they're replacing. We even talked about that at the beginning of the season, I think, a little bit with, with Francisco Lindor and him returning and, and just what that can do to have not just Francisco Lindor, but Francisco Lindor replacing the production they were getting at shortstop. Boy, it surely makes this offense look a hell of a lot better. Um, the one question, and I guess I'll, I'll throw it to you this way, because we're going to have plenty more time to dive into this in the coming days. We'll record again probably after the trade deadline, and we'll go a little bit more in depth. Do you think that they're better in 2019? Because I think we both agree that they're better in 2020 having made this trade uh, and probably the future having made this trade. But in 2019, do you think they're better? I think. I, I'm going to say I don't know, but I, I think – I don't think they can be worse. I think there is a high ceiling here. Um, I think some of it's going to depend on – a lot of it's going to depend on Kluber, Salazar. Do they have to limit police acts innings? Can you get anything from Carrasco? Like, there's a lot of potential because I think we know Puig and Reyes are going to make this lineup, like, pretty damn good, I would think. 
mean, I went up to Jason Kipnis and I joked because he was joking the other night and said, um, like he admitted, I'm not the ideal number four hitter. I've read all of your tweets saying that I shouldn't be hitting fourth. I know I shouldn't be hitting fourth. Um, he's like, that's just the way things are right now. And I hit fourth against righties and I don't against lefties. And okay. So I went up to him tonight and I said, Hey, I got bad news for you, Kip. And he goes, what's up? And I said, yeah, I don't think you're going to be hitting fourth anymore. <laughs> and he made some joke back, but like, um, no, I, I think, I mean, there were other players like kind of going through the lineup, like what it might look like now. And, and you start to think about like the length of it, like, I mean, it, like Naquin hitting ninth has seemed weird because he's been hitting so well for a while now. And it was like, man, you got to go through Bowers and Kipnis and you're, you know, when Ramirez was struggling and Perez has been a little cold in the second half. And like, finally you get to Naquin and then Lindor and Mercado and Santana and it's cold again. And it's like, <laughs> like now, <laughs> I mean, your weak part of the lineup is like, the bottom third, which is Kipnis, Perez, and Naquin, which, like, was the middle of your lineup a couple hours ago. I, I don't know. I The lineup is so formidable, and they're going – like, there are major questions with the pitching. But I think there's at least upside to that. Whereas, if you didn't address the lineup, like, did we re- were we really going to have to stomach two more months of Jake Bowers? I know he's going to hit for the cycle now tomorrow. I know how this works. <laughs> Um, but two more months of Jake Bowers. I'm not giving up like, on the profile long term. We're still talking about someone that's 23, Zach. Of course, but but also like they they didn't have a DH. Like Greg Allen has been playing a lot, and he's been playing better. But I still like him right now. Like if he's your fourth outfielder, your defensive replacement, um, that sure is a lot better. And you know maybe Bowers can go to AAA and, and get his mind right. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot there's a lot to like now about your position player side of things. You also address that for the future. I know you asked me about 2019, but like you took a major question mark off the board for the next five years. And we know they're not going to play in free agency. And also they haven't traded any prospects yet. Yeah. That's they still have ammo. That's, that was also what was flooring to me. And I know we talked about it briefly through text. Um, why, why I don't think necessarily that they're done because they haven't touched yep. the farm system at all. And Give me Syndergaard. <laughs> they, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they added another. Uh, it probably wouldn't be a top of the rotation guy, but if they added another mid rotation guy that is a little bit more of a known commodity. Well, can we also let's let's not forget to mention here the third. It's crazy he's the third piece because he was a top yeah eighty prospect coming into the year. But Logan Allen, yeah, like he's not going to be an ace, but he's their first left-handed starter since TJ House, and. He's a guy who has like mid rotation ceiling, right? Like a lefty who throws ninety three, has good off speed stuff, mm-hmm. and is good friends with John Cena. How about that? Uh, unfortunately, we'll never be able to get a picture together. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I I am, to reiterate, uh, very surprised. I think the Indians did really well here. Uh, I'm not sure. I I think the most likely scenario is they got incrementally better in 2019. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that, you know, maybe it's uh but didn't they get better in ways like, let's say they make the playoffs. Yeah. Let's say, let's say they win the division or they, they advance to the division series somehow. Didn't they take, I mean, they, they trade Bauer away, but you still have Clevenger, Bieber, Kluber in a playoff series. That's yeah. As good as anyone. Well, right? I was going to, I'm, close I'm, to I'm it. thinking just realistically, I'm thinking maybe you added a, a win or two to your win total by removing Bauer and adding to the offense. Maybe I'm being conservative, but 
I, I think it's important to try to maintain that's probably the most realistic outlook. You're, you're right that uh, in a playoff series, a starter gets to impact, you know, one, maybe two games, especially in a short series, whereas a position player is playing every day. But the pitcher impacts every single pitch. And so the game that they're in, they have a huge impact on, well, a position player only gets the bat like four times a game and have that chance to impact the game. So it kind of evens out in the long run. But didn't, game, didn't the first game of this Astros series just seem like game four of the ALDS? That, that's, like it was an add-on that's, to that? That's what I mean. I, I, think, yeah. I think it's a move they had to make. Um, I think it's a risk they had to take. Grade the trade. And for a guy that you have for a year and some change left in, in Bauer, that pretty much everybody on the planet knew you were going to heavily shop if you didn't trade him before the deadline. You were going to really try to shop him in the, the winter to hopefully move some money around and, and make your, your roster uh, not quite so top-heavy and be able to spread it out, kind of like what they tried to do this winter and it didn't end up uh, playing right. out that way. So they, all of those things we, we kind of knew and to still come away with a guy that looks like he's going to be your DH for the next – six years, uh, you know, five and a half years, whatever we want to say. Who has the flexibility to play outfield. I know he's not good out there. Yeah. But at least you – it's he's not pigeonholed there. Like. No. I mean, he's got 40 home run potential. The expected numbers, like the expected slugging, the expected Woba, the expected batting average, the, the hard hit rate, all, all these – they're just jumping off the page this year. This The dude crushes the baseball. And I tweeted – In a pitcher's part. Uh, yeah. And I tweeted it out, the – he's got power to all fields. And I think that's for him. It probably doesn't matter because he can hit the ball well over the 19 foot wall, but a guy that can take advantage of, I mean, it is more friendly to right center and right field. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you look at park factors. It, it does make it more favorable for left-handed hitters. The fact that he can get it up in the jet stream to right center field. I think it's going to make him uh, an unbelievable power threat playing at, at progressive field. So that should fit his, his skills very well. And then you add Puig, who is kind of a wild card here. Uh, if, he's done, if he continues to do what he's basically done since May 1st, then that's going to look great, even if it's for the next two months. And I'm sure Puig is extremely pleased because now there's no talk of uh, a qualifying offer because he gets moved in the middle of the year. So probably it helps him in the future. Um, and he's also joining a, a contender. But it is something that we talked about. It would be a great fit for this team. And then you mentioned Logan Allen, who is 22. I know he, the numbers don't look great this year. But 22, again, prospect pedigree. Uh, pre-art pitchers who project as at least the floor of being a back-end starter are extremely valuable because for three that's, years you're not paying him anything. And that's what Shane Bieber was Right, yeah, that was his right, right. exact framework as a prospect <laughs> a year ago. And what is what is this organization extremely good uh-huh. at? And so you get to get a, a kid that's twenty two years old, and now you get everyone the ability to kind of sink their teeth in. Uh, I think that's that's a, that's a for for that to be kind of overlooked an overlooked part of it. It really shouldn't be. And then I mean, you're looking at uh, the the uh, Victor Nova prospect who's 19 and rookie ball i mean it's a lottery ticket but he's already but you showing, know what that is tj he's already showing he's he can get on base a ton he's got a good eyes good walk rate this year for, for so a kid that's 19 they traded uh cardenas to the rays the other day for christian arroyo and hunter wood 
and they immediately replaced him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, look, maybe this doesn't work out somehow. And I, I, I don't know how that would work, but like, it, this is, it's genius. I, I mean, that they, it's a great risk. This take. is exactly what, but it, it's a great risk, but it also has a high floor because it's like, sure. Like, I mean, to get Puig and Reyes, that's crazy. And that's just part, a little part of it. Yeah. And like, so you're dealing from your strength. I mean, this is what they have dreamed about for almost a year now. Like this is, it's, it's amazing. And like I've said, please, for the love of God, turn off, let me in your office. (laughs) But this is, I, I wonder like, they have dealt with so many, we, we've heard the links to so many teams and the Reds and Padres have been two that we had heard over last winter. Yeah. We've been talking about that for along with the now. Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, the Phillies. So I just wonder like what clicks that makes you think, you know what? Three team trade. That's what we need <laughs> to get this done. And when did that happen? And, and I want to know all the different machinations of this trade. Like I, I'm so fascinated by this and the way the Indians operate too. Like, I bet you it was some baseball ops intern who was like, hey, what if we get both of these teams involved and we do this and this and this? Um, just, it, it's masterful because we've they, they've used the phrase thread the needle so many times. I actually cheated and I used this. <laughs> I had to do part of a round table and then I wrote my own piece and I used the same line in both stories. But I said, Antonetti's used the phrase thread the needle more times over the last eight months than a seamstress. Is that, did I do that right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what a seamstress sure. is? Sure. Yeah. Shows? You, you... I was really proud of that one, but, but it's You're talking to the right guy to know that, <laughs> but like they, it, we, we talked about why this was so difficult to pull off in the manner they wanted to pull off. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've highlighted all the parts of this trade that make sense for the Indians that prove why it's the trade that they've wanted that why that what they've been sitting on for months. And we didn't even mention the fact that, oh, by the way, of all those teams interested in Bauer, you didn't deal him to the Astros. You didn't deal him to the Yankees. Obviously, you weren't going to deal him to the Twins, but he would have been a perfect fit with the Twins. And also, you took the top pitching starter pitcher off the trade market for those teams. So now they're going to have to scramble. You also got a ton in return. So good luck if, if whoever is next on the list, Robbie Ray or you know Mike Miner, like those teams should be asking for a ton now. And so it, it's, you really helped yourself. And if you somehow get to October and, you know, your pitching worked out the way you hope it worked out, you don't have to go through Trevor Bauer. And so it's not at this point more difficult than it would have been. Well, the Yankees say that they never even wanted him to begin with. Didn't even, didn't even, we didn't even make an offer. Didn't even like it. Who? Trevor who? Uh, and nah, we don't even like him. It's weird, though, because earlier in the day, there was the exact opposite. Yeah. Right? It's funny mm-hmm. how that works. I will say, the minute, I think it was Jeff Passan who t- maybe initially tweeted that the, the Reds were in play and, and uh, Trammell was, tra- Trammell? Trammell? I'm not sure. Depends who you ask. Meisel? Uh, you don't even know how to pronounce your own damn last name. Basinger? Basinger? Oh, uh, that liver's got to come out. <laughs> it's been in there all day. Um when, Let when, us know if you get that reference. <laughs> when, when that news initially broke, uh, my first thought was three-team trade. 
because that wasn't a guy that fit what the Indians were doing right now, right. Uh, what they necessarily were looking for. And I'm sure all, all things equal, they would love to have him. But it just didn't seem like it was either a ploy to try to get some last-minute leverage or they were thinking three-team trade. And I, I thought it made the most sense that it would be a potential three-team trade. And so when that actually did end up happening, I can't say that I was shocked by it being a three-team deal. Uh, also, love three-team trades. If I could pull off three-team trades in Hardball Dynasty every single time, I would be all for it. I swear the Indians are the kings of them. Um, and I was also thinking about last time they made three-team deals with the Reds and then the Padres. It worked out well in both of those scenarios. Would you say not? Well, I was going to bring that up. So, obviously, the, the Padres one was with the Cardinals as well. It was the Kluber-Westbrook-Ludwig transfer, right? Yes. Um, I was going to do a quick random Indian. This is off the top of my head, so I don't have stats or anything. But <laughs> oh, okay. Can you, how many of the – remember the, the three-team trade with the Diamondbacks and the Reds? Yeah. That involved Trevor Bauer. Do you remember – how many of those players can you name? I think it was a nine-player trade. Uh, in, all, in the entire trade? Yeah. Uh, Shinsu Chu. Right, so he went to Cincinnati. Uh, Tony Sipp. Right. Uh, Jason Donald. Right. And Lars. Jason Donald, who was walking his dog when the trade went down and came home to a voicemail from Antonetti. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars Anderson. That was the, so that was the random Indian. Yeah. Of the day. That was their big trade. And the only, the only reason why I remember that is because I was just recently reading uh, I think it was Doug Maurice who had did, was it Doug that did the thing for yeah. Cleveland.com where Stephen Wright for Lars Anderson. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Just running through the list of trades. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So Lars Anderson, the rest of them, I think everyone kind of remembers DD Gregorius. Uh, yep. and then somebody named, uh, Trevor Bauer was in that trade, I think. Yep. Am I still going? Is this still a test? You're missing two relievers. I, I, the I know. Acquired. I just didn't know if I was continuing or if that ended with the random Indian, but also uh, Albers and Brian Shaw. So those were the other. Matt Albers, who I saw at a watering hole one night during the 2013 season. Uh, he had a couple drinks. I jokingly referred to him as Fat Albers. Mm. He laughed. And then when I called him that the next day in the clubhouse, he looked like he wanted to murder me. Mm, yeah, who would have thought that that would have elicited that reaction? All right, my final thought, because uh, we said well, this is a little, little abbreviated. In fact, we even have gone longer than I even anticipated. But, you know, whatever. We just start talking, flapping our gums, and who knows what ends up happening. What do you think was on the mind of Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and everyone that worked and put in endless hours and just worked tirelessly to push this thing across the finish line. What do you think was on their mind when they saw Yasiel Puig fighting the city of Pittsburgh? <laughs> That's the funniest part of this. Like, is he going to get suspended? And I don't to... know. Or, yeah, like, what if he got hurt? I, I saw it's somebody, bizarre. one of our... Uh, Many people that we interact with on Twitter, I can't remember who it was. So I wish I could give you a shout out. Had mentioned that maybe the Moss inclusion was just, hey, we're sorry. We're really, really <laughs> sorry. Take Scott Moss. Just take him. Please, let's get this deal done. Come on. Come on. Let's get this done. 
Uh, I think he just he was so excited his way of celebrating his <laughs> joining a mosh pit. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Um uh, and also right remember up, right if, up if you there, tuned in right up there with Ubaldo though, by the way, with just the watching that start unfold and what is this guy yeah. doing on the mound? And getting thing. shelled. Yeah. And throwing like five miles an hour below his, his average. <laughs> Uh, just, hey, remember, if you listened to our last podcast all the way through, you know we told you this trade was coming. This is true. Said it at the very end. Yeah. Hopefully your podcast, like, didn't cut out or you lost service or something when <laughs> when we said it. But we told you. Yeah. And uh, I've uh, got some insight into tomorrow's deadline, too. Do you? Yeah. So apparently. More moves coming? Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently the Indians. 